0: the Living Strong Podcast. The living strong, the living
1: strong.
0: What's up everybody and welcome to what we call the Living Strong Podcast. My name is Kim Sellers, and we welcome you. You and your entire family, hopefully, your loved ones, your caregivers, all of those that are concerned, and those that love you. So I will say that, you know, just in case, you're joining us for the first time, and you're like, well, who is Kim Sellers? Well, let me just say, I've worked in radio, for almost 30 years of my life, was diagnosed with MS at a very young age, in my 20s. Um, quickly went down and, well, I shouldn't even say quickly, I went down. Didn't go down with the fight, I stayed up, stayed on my feet, for the most part, my symptoms of MS did not affect me the whole lot until I got on the elliptical. when I would go work out at the gym, I would get off of it and then sit down. I would have to rest for about five minutes. And then I was pretty much back to normal. So it wasn't until I had my oldest daughter, who believe it or not is 25 now, but I decided to get the epidural when giving birth. And when I did so, realized that the numbness was simply not going away. That was the first time I dealt with the numbness. That was when I started dealing with a little bit of a limp. Started noticing all of those symptoms that the neurologist would always question me about. And I just didn't really know what it exactly was. And since, i be my oldest back in 96. I had another in 99 or one in two, three years. I know I was busy right? I get it, it's okay, it's all good, it's good. And um, I wouldn't change anything for the world. With the last three, however, of course, knowing how I felt with the epidural, I decided to go natural with the three. The so my youngest, and um, let me tell you, it was all about business. You know, people say, well, how did you do it? I'm like, I don't know. And I would always buckle down and say, look, this is a business meeting. Let's get it over with. And I've had um, four beautiful girls, and I thank God for that. So, yes, of course, you're like, who is Kim as Well, someone that's been fighting this fight for quite some time, and that's why we call it the Living Strong Podcast. Because those of us that have been living with MSM, to be honest with you, with any autoimmune disease, It's a fight. It is no doubt a fight, and only the strong survive. So we take this opportunity just to share with you different stories, different perspectives, different thoughts, different issues that affect those living in the multiple sclerosis world. So can we talk today? Can we simply just talk? And you know, I'll be very honest, I wasn't quite sure what the topic was going to be today and I realized that I had so many emotions today that have been um, built up or pinned up inside of me and I'm like, you know what? Let me just say exactly what's on my heart today and we all know that those of us living with them as we need help there's no doubt, you know, we sometimes don't like to say we need help on a day to day basis, what we do. And those caregivers that give their heart and soul to those of us living with the mass, we thank you and we are so, so appreciative for you. Unfortunately, today is not about you, it's about the caregivers who have decided to abuse the system. It's about that caregiver who has decided that her wants and needs are much more important than her patient. Today, it's about that caregiver who really is just there for the paycheck and doesn't really care about the well-being of that person. Today, I'm talking to you where have we come what has happened what happened to the days where we just genuinely cared about people not really even thinking about their illness not thinking about you know what's going on in their life but just simply caring because it's the right thing to do what happened to those i find myself in so many different conversations with other MS patients, with other caregivers. And I hear so many different stories, you know, and those stories where, you know, a lot of the caregivers feel like it's not their job. like, well, what's not their job? We're just sitting and talking about a caregiver who once said to me that, you know, it's not my job to really cook for you. If you got something around and it's left over, you want me to give it to you? Hey, I'll do that. But I'm not cooking. Really? So, that person that you're taking care of, who can't get up and cook at that stove, who can't get up and wash those dishes, who can't get up and make their own plate, you wouldn't really tell someone that. Or the caregiver that says, Hey, I can only be here for about an hour, you know, I gotta go. Because my daughter has X, Y, and Z. Then although I won't, um, you know, I can't stay, but you still charge that patient for four to five hours of work. Yes, I'm talking to you. What about that caregiver who was repeatedly late and says, Hey, I don't know what to tell you. I got here as quickly as I could even though it was two hours late, but that was as quickly as you could, huh? For that caregiver who decided that, you know what? Mm, It's not a good day for me. I don't feel like getting up, but, you know. Mrs. Jones, I know she expects me to be there at eight, but I'm not going. As a matter of fact, not only am I not going, but I'm not going to even call. I don't even want to hear what she's going to say. So you leave that patient. No call, no show, no care, no heart, no concern about what that person is going through. Not even the fact of what her needs may have been. Not even the fact that she has no one that can assist or can help. Today, I'm talking to you. That caregiver who just simply doesn't give a damn. I'm talking to you. I've always like to use this, and I think we've talked about this before. And you know, I, I just believe in this type of industry, I mean, it is physical, it can be very physical, it can require a lot of work, and it will require someone to make sure that they're also taking care of their bodies as well. So that if that patient needs you and they need your help, you're able to physically help that person. Now, no, we don't want you to get hurt, we understand. We don't want you to put yourself in a position that's dangerous and harmful to you or the patient. We understand that. But making sure that you are in a position to take care of that client. There was once I heard a story from a, another survivor, MS survivor, and she talked about how her caregiver would come and suffer from a very severe case of asthma. You know, hey, we, we understand it, It's real. And everyone has to take care of themselves. But this particular caregiver, because they were going through a very... Um, Tough time with asthma, wasn't really able to take care of the patient. Now, was that fair? No, we, we feel sympathy and we feel for that person, but then maybe that's not the fit for you. I mean, just think of it this way just think about mm, your neighbor getting robbed, someone breaking into your neighbor's house, you being the neighbor that you are, pick up the phone and you call your neighbor. I'm sorry. You call nine one one. You ask for the police department. They come out. The dispatcher sends them out, and they see the person leaving the premises with obviously things that don't belong to them. Then they go on a foot chase. Then they go. Then they go until the police officer drags them down and gets them and gets the items back. Okay. that's just a made-up story I'm just saying. But what if that police officer had not been training? What if he had not been working out? What if he couldn't get past five steps? No, it's part of his job to be safe. It's part of his job to be in good health. It's part of his job to stay in shape. It's part of his job to simply run and to be physical and to protect those of us living in our community. That's their job. So why is it okay for a caregiver to get to you when it is their job to take care of that patient? Not just to simply make that patient comfortable, but what about helping that patient rehabilitate Just because you have cancer doesn't mean you have to live with cancer and die with it and not fight back. Just because you're living with fibromyalgia doesn't mean that you're not entitled to a certain quality of life. Just because you have some type of ailment doesn't mean that you just have to sit there and just endure Whatever pain that there is. What happens for that patient needs your help? Then all you can do is say, hey, I'm not a shape, I nothing a whole lot I can do. Maybe this isn't for you. It's just on my heart. It's just on my mind. And I think about so many other people. Think about the voiceless who really don't have a voice. I had a young lady call me. Well, she was more of a seasoned vet. In a rehabilitation center rehabbing her knee and had to be there and was being mistreated. Being mistreated in the nursing facility and. The part that broke my heart was that she was willing to endure the mistreatment because she was afraid that if she opened her mouth, she would get treated even worse. Really? Is that fair? Is that where we have gone? Is that how you would treat your loved one to ask you to think about? Ask yourself how would you like your loved one to be treated? Now, I would love to, um, I'm hopeful we can catch her, talk with a young lady who is very new to the industry. She is a new caregiver and she, I'm sure, Her eyes are opened up to a whole new world. Wow. But her energy is just so big. And you can see how she would like to change the world. But sometimes, you know, you get people who thrive on spreading cancer. And I mean that in a way of spreading bad thoughts and, negativity can sometimes take a toll on you and what your true philosophy on life is. Let me just first of all pull her in on this. Amanda Hamlin. Hello, Amanda. Hi, Kim. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Good, good, good. good. So talk to us, Amanda. Why did... Thanks for having me on. I'm so glad you could join us. So why? Why did you become... A caregiver
1: well um, well the opportunity kind of came to me because uh, my neighbor told me about um, an opening they had for a caregiver at their new company and I was already looking for a second job and I knew that I didn't want to do something you know in an office or you know some sort of environment like that and uh, when they said caregiver. I was like, no, I think I would be really good at that. Um, you know, and I like the environment, you know, it's in someone's home and I'm capable and I'm caring. And I also, I mean, to be honest, I also, you know, the schedule was good for me too, because, you know, um, there's multiple, you know, they need a around the clock care. So I was able to have a good schedule that worked with, with me too. So, um, What some reason?
0: What have you learned
1: about caregiving? Um, I learned that I've learned that you can get close with someone real quickly and kind of anticipate their needs, and also just that everybody's just trying to to live their life, you know, and a lot of people have the same routines and habits and the things they like to do so you know when i'm working with you kim i i just feel like we're just we're just living life you know we, we get up we have our our hygiene routine and you know we're cooking food we're going to appointments and uh watching tv and playing around you know i'm um, having conversations and that that's what that's what life is about and kim you wouldn't be able to do those things if if i couldn't help us get there And so it's nice I've learned, you know, being a part of, part of your life is, you know, I'm, we're living together. We're living your life, but I'm here too. And it's just like something really special uh, that I enjoy. So
0: what would you change if you could, what would you change about caregiving?
1: Um, well, uh, right now, personally, um, lately I've been, so I have to lift you, Kim, you know, to transfer you from, you know, your chair to the stander and other places. And um, I've been having like shoulder pain and I was so upset because I, I thought it was from lifting you. So I, what I would change right now is I wish that I were more capable. I wish that I had more energy and I'm I'm like going to be making changes in my life. Like you were saying about the police officer so that I can physically be able to do as much as I can for you. Like, I'm going to do arm exercises shoulder exercises so I can get there because I don't want to, I mean, I hate to face defeat to say, oh, I can't do this when I want to. So I'm going to try, you know, so I guess what I would change is, you know, having energy to do more for you. What advice would you give
0: to someone that's thinking about getting into the caregiving business?
1: I would say, um, that people are not gross, I guess, like kind of saying, you know, you're going to have those intimate moments or, you know, with the hygiene and things and not to be afraid to get close to somebody, you know, um, and see them at their, at their worst or even that, you know, in those compromising situations and, um, just to have like an open heart and just realize we're all we're all people and these are natural body a functions that that people do. So I think that's I think that's kind of good advice. But it's also like you have to also anticipate somebody's needs. You know, like um, if they're in a wheelchair and they've been sitting for a long time, you go, Hey, well, how long have you been sitting there? Don't you want to get up and move around a little bit? Or mm-hmm. you know, oh, you've been drinking a lot of water. Is it time to use the bathroom? Mm-hmm. And kind because of, sometimes they might be afraid to say that because they don't you know you look comfortable maybe I look really comfortable sitting and you know wait, waiting for the next thing to happen but sometimes you have to anticipate their needs so sometimes it's guess and check too you know like I said you know oh do you have to go to the bathroom no oh do you want water no how about you know so I think it's important for people to suggest other things so that the people that are that need help don't just do the minimum sometimes they need a little push and they need like that energy I was talking about that I wish I had even more of that they need to maybe feed off of your energy so they can maybe do do more and I mean if you're a caregiver don't just sit around and wait for do the bare minimum kind of it's like you guys are living life together.
0: Well that's just one story Amanda thank you so much if you have a story that you would love to share and tell us about your caregiving experience or if you're an MS patient or you don't even have to be an MS patient someone living with an autoimmune disease then you want to share your story we'd love to hear from you this year of course is called the Living Strong podcast with Kim Sellers you can always go to our website which is kimsellersfoundation.org send us a note send us a message and of course we would love to talk with you. We just as a matter. the fact, we bammed the website, so um it might behoove you to check it out and get an idea. But what it's like, we'd also like you to share, pass along the information at this podcast. Comes out on a weekly basis. We try to update it as much as we can, but we would love to hear your story as well. Remember, my story could be your story. And at the same time, your story could be mine. We have to help each other. We have to stick through this together. And forever, we'll get through this all together as well. My name is Kim Sellers. This has been the Living Strong Podcast. Thank you so much. Until next time.